Right. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Chris Pate. I'm the lead pastor here and excited to intro a little bit for our campus Sunday today. Anybody excited for campus Sunday? Come on. Representing. We love our students. We're thankful for them. Um, I want to give a, a quick plug. We're, we're doing a couple of new things. Um, we have a thing um, um, during the week called Starter. And it helps you get in the Word. You can sign up clcstarter.com. It's also on our app because we're all about helping you get in the Word. And then we're starting two things today um, and really this, this coming week. We're starting our City Life groups. As they said, right after service, you can sign up in the lobby. You'll see tables and you'll see um, individuals. that are Those are our City Life group leaders. We love to get you involved in small groups because Sunday is just the tip of the iceberg for us. We build community and apply the gospel and the Word in our small groups. We want to you to go through that, but also G Yoon right here, wave your hand, G Yoon, um, great teacher, has a master's in Bible, just an amazing, amazing teacher. He wants, he's doing a class where he's teaching you how to get in the Word and how to study the Bible. So if you're interested in that, that'll be on Saturday, and then we have small groups on Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all through the week. So isn't it great to have a church active in the community, building one another up in the Word? That's what we're passionate about. So um, without further ado, I want to uh, intro, Earl Smith, one of our campus ministers here, one of three, and Earl, come on up here. Y'all give Earl a hand. I, I don't want to take too much of Earl's time, but we so appreciate Earl and his passion um, for campus as well as Sarah and Carrie, and he's going to bring a great word today about vision for the campus and then something the Lord has really placed on his heart for our church, so we're happy to have you, man. Come on. Awesome. Thank you. All right. How's everybody doing today? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, my Eagles are in the championship. We're going to the Super Bowl this year. I'm sorry, you Dallas Cowboy fans. Uh, I, I'm not sorry about that at all. Uh, real fast, now they didn't know I was going to do this, but can we have our students just stand up? If you're a student in here and we know you or you don't, we don't know you, can you please stand up? Can y'all please thank our students? Awesome. God is doing great things on our campus. Y'all can sit down. God is doing great things on our campus. Um, before I get into this, if you don't know me, my name is Earl Smith. Uh, like Pastor Chris said, I'm one of three campus missionaries. My wife, Sarah, and I are working alongside with our friend, Carrie Davis, as well. And we are excited for Campus Sunday today. Now, before I start, I want to do something uh, that... I always thought it was weird whenever I first came into Every Nation, and if you don't know what Every Nation is, it is a global body of churches and campus ministries and missionaries all over the world, and this church is actually an Every Nation church. But whenever I was first coming into Every Nation, I would go to this thing called Regional Retreat, and it's a time where our students get together and just love God. And I remember that the moment uh, we would have these uh, pastors and guest speakers come out, and they would do this very weird thing that I didn't really understand until later on, and they would pu put up pictures of their families. And I was like, what in the world? It had nothing to do with the message. And I remember that, oh, they're actually just bragging, or not necessarily bragging, but boasting in the Lord about what God has blessed them in their life, and it's their family. And I told God, God, if you ever had me preach one day, I'm going to do that. And so today, family, is that day. So I have a picture. 
And this, that's me and that's my lovely wife. We've been married for around two years now, uh, going into our uh, third year. And it's just been an amazing, crazy, y'all know how it is, those that are married. It's been that type of ride. But uh, in all seriousness, I have two objectives today. Number one, I want to cast a vision for what we believe for our church globally on a global scale as far as every nation, but also on a local scale uh, in City Life Church. And then I want to give you a promise of God that the Lord put on my heart while we were fasting two weeks ago, and it really touched my life, and I believe that it's made for some people here today, if not a lot of us. So if we can pray, Papa, I thank you. Lord, we love you. We give you glory, honor, and praise today, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here with us. Father, I pray that as you continue to teach us how to allow the substance of your presence and your power in our lives, we can then become that substance of presence and power, and then we can display that to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So if y'all don't know, if if y'all weren't here the last Campus Sunday, uh, we kind of gave a little bit of our testimonies, and if you were there, then you would know that I did not plan on coming to Houston, Texas. Um, I did not want to come back to Concrete City after I left uh, for college, and the fact that I'm here is only by the calling of God. And so that, to me, lets me know that God wants to do something in this city, especially with all the things that have been going on. I personally believe that it's just been a priming for the move and the power of God in this city, in this church, and on our campuses. So for the vision that we have on a global scale is to reach every campus and every continent in the world and every country in the world, but also on a local body scale What we want to do is we want to set a culture, and you can go to the first slide, set a culture that will eventually get to 1% of our campuses. Now, 1%, as you can see here, I don't know if a lot of you knew, but 1% of University of Houston is 430 students. 1% of Texas Southern University is 100 students. And we believe that there's an anointing that is on this campus. There's a power that is on this campus that is ready to create kind of like revival. I know a lot of people speak about revival all the time, but there's been something that's been going on on our campuses. And we now believe that as we continue to raise and and we continue to work and partner with the Holy Spirit of God to reach these 1% on the U of H and TSU campus, that the Lord will bring up more missionaries, much like me, uh, uh, Sarah, and Carrie to go on the campus because we want to do more than where we're just at right now. God is always interested in advancing his kingdom. Amen? He's always interested in going a step further. It's just like when he spoke creation into existence. How many people know that the universe is continuing to expand? And so we want to go to Rice University. We want to go to HBU University, and I probably, you probably didn't even think about this campus or these many campuses in the, in the Houston community, but we want to go to Houston Community College as well. I have been around missionaries that have been campus, community campus pastors before, and it's, they're doing an amazing job, and there's a harvest that is ready to be primed there. Amen? Now, why do we want to go to the campus? You can go to the next slide. Um, There's a window of openness, family. How many people know that 85% of people that make a decision about following God, there's this statistic, uh, uh, they do so before the age of 25. And after that, can anybody guess what the 
the ratio is or, or the fraction, I don't know how you say it, but it's one in 10,000 that will actually make that decision after the age of 25. So according to that statistic, if you in here came to Christ Jesus 26 and beyond, it's only been the power of the work of the Holy Spirit, even though, yes, before then it's been 25, before 25 it's the same power and the work of the Holy Spirit, but it's an amazing and it's a serious statistic, family. Now, the reason why we want to reach them is because they're hurting, and, and also I want to talk about our international students. I believe we're number one now for international students for the uh, for, for University of Houston in the entire nation now. And so the nations are coming to us because we want to go to the nations, but the Lord has set it up in such a way that the nations have come to the city of Houston. Now, we also want to reach them because these are our future leaders of society. They're on our campuses. These are our future doctors, our future lawyers, presidents of the United States. They're all on the campus now. We had a, a campus uh, staff meeting, and during this campus staff meeting, Eric Stevens was talking to us, and he talked about a man, the prime minister of Israel. And I bet no one knew that the prime minister of Israel, though he was born in Israel, he was raised in Pennsylvania. No one knew, and he went to college in Pennsylvania, and I'm pretty sure that when you walked past this man, you did not think he was going to be the prime minister of Israel one day. So when we're walking past these students at TSU, at U of H, at Rice, and so on, we could be walking right past the next president of the United States. And I personally believe that the, it would be amazing to have a doctor because I hear stories all the time about, yes, the doctor said that there is no way that this cancer is going to be gone. It's, it's, what is it called, terminal? It's terminal. I think it would be amazing to not only have a doctor that knows what he's talking about because of his schooling, but is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And yes, even though this thing looks terminal, I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit can also heal your family member, can also heal your body, can also heal your child. And they join hands with you, and then they begin to pray with you, and you can see a miracle happen together. God is not always interested in showing up doctors. He wants to partner with doctors. He wants to partner with these future leaders of our society. I remember whenever I was reached on the campus, uh, I was reached actually by a campus minister by the name of Shadrick Bell, who was a campus minister at Texas Southern University, or not Texas Southern, Texas State University. They're also called TSU. But I was all the way in Chicago. If you were here for the last campus Sunday, you would have heard me say a little bit of this. I was going through a deep time of, of depression where all of my identity that I have built in before I went to college became cra started crashing down. Football, my dad left my family. I became a fatherless son and a abandoned son, and I would cry literally all the time before I go to practice trying to figure out why in the world am I an abandoned son. And I remember that it got to a point where I decided that enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of living on this earth. And I decided to end my life that day. And right before I could end my life that day, I cried out, said, God, because I grew up in the church. My dad was a minister of the word. I watched him preach. I said, God, if you are the God that I've watched my father, matter of fact, I didn't even view God as anything good at this time. But I said, God, if you are good, I need you to help me because this is it. And I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, I'm not going to let you die, son, for I love you. 
and I'm going to save you. Watch what I do in your life. Two minutes later, I kid you not, Shadrach Bell, I've never met this man ever in my life, called me hundreds of miles away. And he said, hey, man, Sarah told me about you. And I just really felt like I needed to talk to you in this time. And he began to speak the powerful word of God into my life. And he preached the gospel into my life. And it changed me right then and there. So much so that I ended up leaving the campus that I was because it was just not a good place. And I went down to Texas State where I got involved in every nation. And God didn't start there. Remember, he's always trying to advance his kingdom, even on the inside of us. And so as I was going on this campus, he put men in my life like Chris Jackson, if you don't know who he is, he's a member of this church now, get to know him, Robert Ramirez, and people just like that in my life who was loving God and could show me how to walk with him. And with that, I want you guys to understand the vision of this church is people just like that, like me. We actually had a couple of suicides at the U of H campus. Me and a couple of our student leaders, uh, it was, it was uh, Cassie. Sierra and Jasmine, we went to this particular building where the suicide happened, and we begin to just pray over that building because there are strongholds that are on this campus. And we believe that the Lord wants to come and break these strongholds so that deliverance can come into these students because he loves them. Now, there's a way you can go to the next slide and partnering with the vision of this church. There's the scripture in Romans 10, 14 through 15 that says, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're being sent? And there are ways because God called people to be goers and senders. Technically, we're all supposed to go, but he also gave people the ability to send. Now, there are specific ways that you can send and you can go. You can send by partnering. Me, my wife, and Carrie Davis, we raised partnership, and I know some of you know that because you're some of our partners, but it's a way to advance God's kingdom because we're on the campus doing the mission of God, and we just need to live, too. <laughs> but also, you can partner with us in going on the campus. You can partner with us with your time going on the campus. I know some of you have gone on campus even with Carrie and did God test, and things like that. Whatever it is, partner and join in, because this isn't me, Sarah, Carrie, Pastor Chris, Eric Stevens' vision. This is the Lord's vision. This is God's vision for our church. So I just wanted to encourage you with the vision. Now, with the remainder of the time, I want to give you a promise of God that was spoken to me two weeks ago. And it was during a time where... I was going through a, a, a lot. I mean, we've been going through a lot for a, a number of years now, but my grandmother was on her deathbed. Uh, my mom was going through a lot. Sickness hit my body, hit my entire family's body. I could rush to the hospital. And in the middle of our fasting, and at the same time, I'm fasting during this entire time, and the Lord began to speak to me. And I believe that he wants to speak to us as well as a family, as a body. Now, as I was praying during this fast, I really felt on my heart that God was speaking to me. And this is what he told me. He said, many of us in the past year or maybe even in the past three years have experienced these three things. Number one, much suffering in any form of the matter. Many of us have been in a season of waiting for something to change the circumstances of our lives. For the power, really, what we're seeking is the power of God. And then many of us 
know that, have seen it before, but now even doubt the power of God because of what's been happening in our lives in this city as well. And I believe that the Lord wants to be pouring out his power and his love and his grace and his spirit in our homes. Many of us have been praying for family members for healing in our bodies. And I believe that this is a season and a year that the Lord wants to do that. Many of us have been praying for the power of God to hit our finances. And this is the year that I believe the Lord wants to do that. Many of us have been praying in our marriages and praying for sin patterns and those things, those specific things that are just so resistant to change. Many of us have been praying and the Lord wants to show us how he's going to touch us and how the power is going to change our lives. So I want to come and I want to read from John chapter 9, 1 through 7, and it says, As he passed, and this is Jesus, He saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work, and as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground, and he made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud, and he said to him, Go and wash in the pool of Salom, which means scent. So he went, and he washed, and he came back seeing. Jesus is walking with his disciples, and I have a big imagination, and so I picture every single thing, and I can picture Jesus walking with his disciples doing Jesus-like things. He's probably raising dead people everywhere, taking coins out of fish's mouths and things like that. I mean, he's just probably speaking infinite knowledge to the disciples that they've never heard before. And they come across a man who is stricken and suffering with blindness, waiting his entire life for something to come and change his circumstances. And his disciples ask him, God, as we read, what in the world happened? Who sinned? Because back in this time, the Jews believed that sin, a sin like this, or, or suffering like this, illness like this, was caused by your sin, or your parents' sin, or your ancestors' sin. And some even believed, actually a lot of them even believed, that you can sin in the womb. So if you came out of the womb in, with any type of deformity or anything like that, it's because you were able to sin inside of the womb. And the Lord Jesus said, it has nothing to do with that. It's not the fact that he sinned because I'm loving and I'm graceful and the Father is graceful. It's not that his parents sinned. It's not that his ancestors sinned. But it's so that the power of God, his suffering and his waiting have been so long because the power of God in this season, in this time, is going to be displayed in his life in such a powerful way that it's going to move a people, a whole entire culture. City life, my family. This is what God is saying. He says, just like the man was suffering his whole life, waiting for something to come and change his circumstances, your suffering and your waiting has not been in vain, nor has it been the result of anything that you've done or anything that anyone else has done, but it's so that the power in this season and in this time, the power of God can be displayed in your life in such a way that the world will know that he is God. And if you would just allow the circumstance of my power to come into your life, I will come over you. He says, if you would be willing to become that substance of my power, I will use you. 
He said, if you will be willing to be put on display so that my power can be displayed out to the world, I will come into your homes. I will come into your family. I will come into your finances. I will come into your schools. I will come into the areas in your, in your life that is most resistant to change. Now, how do we allow the substance of God in our lives so that we can become that substance of God in our lives and so that we can display this substance out to the world? Going back to John, we see Jesus spitting on the ground before he decided to touch the man. How many of us love spit? Anywhere near us. If you, if you do, there's another sermon that we can <laughs> preach about later on. But, and, but no one knows why Jesus spit on the ground. I mean, a lot of scholars believe that it was referring back to the creation when Jesus made man from clay and and I have a couple of thoughts about it. It's not negating anything anyone's saying, but I believe uh, that Jesus was trying to show us that the power to change and the power to heal is in the substance from his mouth. It is the substance from his mouth and his mouth alone. Now, what is the substance that we have today? Not spit, but what is the substance from the Lord's mouth today that we have in our possession? Everybody should point to their Bible. Is the word of God is the very substance that can change our lives. Some of us walk with it all the time, and a lot of us pass by it every single day. But it's that very power you're looking for is in this word. We must read our Bible every single day. It is the daily bread. We ask for the daily bread, and we're not willing to open up the word of God. Now, for one, to allow the power of God in our lives, it requires us to get rid of the things that have power on the inside of us. I remember whenever I was first coming into marriage, and it took me seven years, family, seven years to marry my wife. And it's because there were so many things holding on to me, so many things that had power over my life that I just was not willing to allow, to let go, to allow the presence and to trust God in my life, that I will not be a victim of divorce like the rest of my family and the rest of my generations from Earl Smith to Earl Smith second to Earl Smith the third. I'm like a third or a fourth. My dad decided to put Junior because he just wanted to put Junior, but I'm like a third or a fourth family. <laughs> now, after I allowed God, and that's just one example, it's been many examples, it's not enough to have his substance of his power in our lives. We have to believe it. Some of us have been struggling with believing in the promises of God for our lives because the suffering and the waiting has been too long. And, we begin, and, and when the suffering and waiting is too long, sometimes we begin to trade what's in our possession for other things that have the illusion of power like ourselves. When we stop believing in this, we start relying more on this, and then you start crying out, God, what in the world is going on? It's because your hand is on it. I remember whenever I went through a time, and even to now, there was a moment a season of long suffering as I was going through this, suffer, uh, this stage of, of fatherlessness. And as I have already said, I kind of grew up in the church. 
I didn't kind of. I grew up in the church. I had to sit at the front of the church every single day at 6 o'clock in the morning. We didn't get done in our culture of church till 2 p.m., missing football games and everything, and I had no clue why. And so I watched my dad preach and teach, and I watched him lay hands and things like that, and he was my hero. It was God, and in our culture, it was God and the man of God. And that's how I saw it was God and the man of God. It just so happens that my dad ended up being one of those men of God in our church. But the fact of the matter is that that was the beginning of my identity, is my father. And as I continued to go on, I started to bring other things into my life. And then when I got to, I believe I was 18 or 19 years old, my dad decided that he was going to go up, and, and he, he ended up stepping out on my mom, had an affair. And I don't know what it was, but it was guilt or shame or something like that, that he completely left God. It wasn't so much that he left us. It was the fact that he left God, which had my world tumbling down. Because if you don't know, a lot of us men see God the way we see our natural fathers. So I viewed God as someone who will eventually leave me in the end. But when I was getting encountered with the power of his Holy Spirit, I had a hard time believing. And we must believe. And when you believe, you begin to become that substance of power. I thank you, Jesus. I am not an abandoned child. Matter of fact, according to Galatians 4, you said, Lord, you said, Father, that I am adopted into your kingdom. And if I am adopted, therefore I am an heir of you. Family, we must believe in the substance of God's power so that we can become that very substance of God's power. We can walk like him. We can talk like him. We can, our very being is like God. It says Jesus anointed him with his substance. He anointed the man with his substance. It amazes me, and it amazes me about myself and some of us in here, that we get it backwards sometimes when it comes down to the power that was given to us in our tongue. When the devil speaks the loudest of lies in our lives, for some reason, I know at least with me, and if you're anything like me, I begin to just kind of get really quiet. But when God wants to speak truth in my life, oh, Lord, I'm praying up a storm. When God is actually wanting us to be quiet so that we can get more truth in us so that when we begin to speak against the enemy, we can block out all the lies that he's trying to speak to us. We have to believe in God's word so that we can become God's word. And I can't go through this message without saying some of us just need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I love it. It's my favorite subject in the, in, the, in, the, in the Bible. I love the Holy Spirit, guys, because a lot of us have been walking or not even walking with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. When it's God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit is the person. You can spend time with the Holy Spirit. He can speak to you. And the Bible says in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Spirit comes over you. Some of us simply just need the power of the Holy Spirit because some of us in here have been wanting to go out. Some of us in here have been called to go to other nations and just have not quite done it yet. 
because there's no power. You feel like you're powerless. Just get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, after we allow the substance of God in our lives, he comes over us. And then we become like him to display his power to the world. I love that saying like Pastor Chris says all the time. Uh, It's not his saying. We get it from other people or Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) I love that saying. It makes you feel like you're about to shoot webs out of your hands or something like that. Jesus is never interested in just coming over us. He wants to use us. The blind man says in the Bible that he was sent to the pool of Siloam, which means being sent. I believe that if it wasn't for the sending of this blind man, if he did not obey God into being sent, he would have never came back seeing. Family, some of us needs to go and be sent Because when we go and when we are sent, the Lord is saying that you're going to see that same power you've been praying for in your lives. You're going to see the same power we've been praying for, that same love to come and heal some of your bodies, some of your family's bodies, some of of your brokenness. You're going to see that power if you would just partner with him in going. Be willing to be put on display. I remember that I went to Honduras one time and... uh, I just went there in November, and it was a time of just civil unrest. Things, just riots broken out everywhere, and we, it was just a very scary time, like something off of a movie. But 80 people came to Christ the first day we got there because there was something about, they just wanted the power of God in their lives to come and change the circumstance of what was going on that day. Now, unfortunately, we can only spend a couple of days out in the village, but eventually when we went to the airport, we had to get escorted by the military like four in the morning, and people began to walk in, and the majority of these people were from Honduras because they were just trying to escape the country. Now, I was with some Brazilians, and these Brazilians were just, they're, they're some of the most worshiping people I've ever been around before in my entire life. They don't have a shameful bone in their body. They will worship in the bathroom stalls. They will worship anywhere. And lo and behold, as I placed my bag on this carousel, all of a sudden, you started hearing this worship music. And then during this worship music, it was all the Brazilians, and then I walked over there, and this one Brazilian, he said, everybody, if you don't know Jesus, I want you to know that he's the author of the healing. He said this, obviously, in his language, and then later on in English, and then people started coming up to us, and I was like, oh, God, what's about to happen? And this lady walks up to me. She had crazy pain in her life, in her back. She said, I want Jesus to touch me. We touched her. We prayed for her. She fell out under the power of the Holy Spirit. She woke up bawling, crying because her back, not only the hunch was gone, but she could stand perfectly straight. And she just started crying. Thank you, Jesus. You touched my life. Thank you, Lord. And then I look up. And because so many people see it, I kid you not, 100 people were standing in front of us in the airport to receive healings, to get touched by God, to receive the power of Jesus Christ. And that would have never happened if Jesus had not first allowed himself to come off of the comfort of his throne. 
to allow himself to be bruised for our iniquities. And when he was bruised for our iniquities and placed upon the cross, he became our sin. He became our shame. He became our issues in those places that are most resistant to change. He became that, and then he died. But he didn't stop there because he displayed to the entire world the power of the Holy Ghost that was on the inside of him, the power to show that I am your Lord, your God. Family, if we allow the power of the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, if we become that power of God and the substance of God in our lives, we can then display it out to the world. The Lord wants to touch our lives. He wants to touch our family's lives. I believe that we're going to have testimonies in this season of time of people coming up here saying, I remember that my grandmother, she had this specific illness and the Lord healed her a week later. I believe that there's going to be some financial testimonies. I believe that there is something supernatural that is going to come from the heavenlies, from the power of God to come and impact our lives. And there's going to be breakthrough in some of our lives where those things that were most resistant to change will change. And we will see the manifestation of that this year. How many people believe that? Family, if you want the power of God, the one-to-one team can come up. If you can stand up with me. If you want the power of God in your lives to change those things that are most resistant. If you simply just want to go and you've been feeling like you need to go, but there's something missing, I want you to come up and get prayed for. Don't wait. There's areas in our lives, some of us have been waiting and waiting and waiting and just need the strength of the Lord. Some of us just simply need the joy of the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. How many of us just need joy to get through this season of time? The Holy Spirit will touch us and there's something supernatural that's going to hit each and every last one of our lives if we allow it. If we can become and if we can display this, if willing to display it out to the world. Papa, I thank you. Lord, you are such a good God. Lord, you have experienced suffering yourself. You've experienced around 30, 29 years of waiting for your, even your ministry to begin. Lord, you are so interested in walking with us through the moments and times where it's the hottest. The moments in our desert moments, Lord God, where there seems to be no water at all, no food, but we can look to our side, we can look in front and the back of us, and there you are walking with us. Lord, we thank you that we are going to allow your substance, and we're going to become the substance of your power, and many of us are going to be willing to display it out to the world, and we just lift our hands and say, God, only in your time and your power just like the man later on in that scripture was interrogated because people could not understand where this power came from. Lord, I believe that that specific thing as well is going to happen in many of our lives, Father. People are going to look at some of us and say, how in the world did you get that power? And that is the opportunity for your power to be put on display. So we thank you. We love you. 
In Jesus' name.